The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Employment Law Show, we're glad you are here too. Yeah, feel free. Want your comments, want your questions. That's how uh, that's how it works. But to get us going, uh, well, I'll give you this uh, off the top as well. Uh, you want to go here. You want to go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Why? Because it's an absolutely free and anonymous website with a wealth of employment law knowledge. And wrapped up in there is the long-running severance pay calculator. That is a home game you can use any time of the week to figure out what kind of severance you are owed. Which may come to the fore if you're uh, if you're dealing with COVID nineteen, being temporary laid off, or if you've been let go recently, you'll want to go there uh, as well. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're going to get to all that in your phone calls in but a moment. But uh, my brother, how are you this morning? I am doing very well. Uh, I'm excited always to be here and to uh, talk about employment law. This is what I <laughs> enjoy doing other than the fact that I do it professionally. But if you have a question, now is the time. If you have an issue, now is the time. If you are struggling with something in the workplace, something that didn't go right, and you want to know what your rights are, now is the time to call us. Maybe you've been off work for a while, COVID-19 related, and you yeah. want to know how long you can be off. Well, the answer might, might surprise you. So now's the time to give us a call and talk about that. And any other question that may impact your job is is uh, really what we want to discuss with you today. Of course, you may choose that you want to talk to me privately instead of calling the show. You may want to email with me privately instead of calling the show. All that is absolutely possible. We'll give you that information a number of times today. But don't be bashful. We want to solve those workplace problems. And, John, I say we get to our first call. You bet. Let's do that. Uh, Nick has obviously had his first coffee and is ready to roll on the ball big time. Nick, how are you? Good. Good morning. Uh, I have a question. My wife was just uh, given a package or told by the company will be closing September 2021. They're leaving Canada completely. Uh, right now, she's on short-term leave that's been finished and possibly going on long-term leave once, once it's approved. Uh, how does that impact? They've also only offered her one-year severance after 26 years. 23 years, she was full-time. The last three years, she's only been working four days a week. Okay. Now, when is the company actually closing down, Nick? Uh, last day that she's actually working, all her employees are working, September 1, 2021. Okay. Now, do you think it's likely that your wife would be physically able to return to work before September 2021? I'm going to say no. Okay. So here's how this works, uh, Nick. First of all, in terms of her long-term disability that she's going to go on, the good news is it doesn't impact it in any way. All right? She, she can continue staying on long-term potentially until the age of 65. Hopefully she doesn't have to, but she could uh, if that's what her doctors are saying yeah. needs to happen. So that's right off the bat good news. The other good news is that uh, they owe her more than a year's pay. They owe her, in fact, right around two years' pay or you know, somewhere between 20 to 24 months of compensation is what they would owe her. Okay. Now, the reason why they're probably offering one year's pay only is because they think that the period between now and September 2021 counts as notice. Yeah. Except for your wife, it doesn't count as notice because she's off work. If she was physically at work every day, then it would count as notice, and that would reduce her severance. For her, wow. it doesn't. So when do they want her to sign back on this offer? They want it back by November 9th. Okay, well, no. 
do not there's nothing to worry about first of all her rights don't expire november the 9th or in fact her rights don't expire for two years she's owed another two years pay so not a year two years okay. so the best thing to do the easiest thing to do just have her contact me off, uh, after the show at oh. any time i'll speak to her i'll help her get the compensation she's owed this is pretty straightforward stuff so there's nothing to stress out over okay can i ask what if she goes back to work before the time, say she goes back in February, how does that affect her for her severance? So if she goes in February to work, the, the period between February and September counts towards her severance. So let's say that's, I don't know, uh, let's say that's six months between yep. February and September, whatever that is. So that six months counts towards her severance, meaning if she's owed 24 months severance, it would be 24 months less six months for a total of 18 months that they would owe her. Okay, perfect. Good. Okay. Good. So have her reach out to me. We'll be able to negotiate that, no problem. Okay. So uh, looking forward to speaking to her. Nick, appreciate the uh, appreciate the early call. Nick, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. Here is that contact again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's to reach Lior and the team. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And as I mentioned off the top, uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots to get through today, pal. What uh, what's going on the week that was? So a couple of situations that came across my desk. Uh, first, uh, we'd spoken in a recent show, John, about employers making mistakes, not because you're bad, but because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. So uh, this matter that I actually settled this week uh, was one of those matters. This person called me uh, some, er, earlier this, uh, this past summer. He was laid off back in March and uh, was hoping to go, because of COVID-19, like many people, was hoping to go back to work, waited, waited, waited. It was apparent in the, over the summer that there's no date for him to return back to work. So he called me and wanted to know what his options were. So I told him what I've been saying to our listeners for many months, that he has the right to treat that as a termination of employment. He does not have to wait. He does not have to sit at home and wonder what the company is planning to do. He can make the decision himself. He chose to do that. And once I contacted the company, they were very surprised. And ultimately, the, the response was, wait, we didn't know. We thought we could do this. We thought that it was fine for us to lay them off temporarily. All you hear about in the news is temporary layoffs, so we thought it was fine. When they realized it wasn't fine, they resolved it fairly quickly. We negotiated 12-month severance for this person who worked for the company just over 10 years, and the matter is done now. But I wanted to remind everyone that your company may be doing things in good faith, not because they're bad, but it still doesn't mean that it's right. It still doesn't mean that they're doing it legally. Then these temporary layoffs are probably a primary uh, example of that. Most companies believe they have the right to lay you off temporarily, but they don't. In fact, you have the right as the employee to treat that as a termination and get severance. For this person, we resolved it very quickly. These things are not usually complicated. So you... If you're on a layoff, if you don't want to be on a layoff anymore, if you want to end that situation so you can find another job, get the compensation that you need, you have that option. Happy to talk to you about that. But remember, the decision is in the employee's hands whether to accept the layoff or treat that as a termination of employment. 416-870-6400, the number that uh, Nick used and you can use now. Got lots of time to, uh, to get you on the air. What else you got going on, Tom? This is a, a matter that really kind of made me shake my head. Uh, I spoke with a, a gentleman who a uh, number, uh, number of months ago, a couple of months ago, showed up to work uh, intoxicated. And uh, an employer noticed it right away. It was very noticeable. And they said, but what the heck is going on? 
At that point, he, he confessed to them. He said, I have a drinking problem. I, I've been trying for months to get it under control. It's getting the better of me. Uh, they said, okay, well, go, go home and, and try to get yourself fixed, which is, frankly, the right response. He did. He, he went back. He sought treatment. In fact, at some point, alcohol withdrawal was so bad he had to get hospitalized uh, because of it. Eventually, after uh, a number of weeks or perhaps it was even a couple of months, he felt better. Uh, his doctor said, you're doing fine. You're safe to return to work. Uh, he contacted his employer. They said, yeah, come in on Monday. But wouldn't you know it when you showed up on Monday? They gave him a letter. We're letting you go for cause because you were drunk at work and we can't have that. That's against our policies. Here's our policy. It says you can't drink. So uh, off you go. And he contacted me, of course, and he wanted to know, is that legal? So let's make it very, very clear. Having a drinking problem or being an alcoholic is considered a disability. The law recognizes that as a disability. And just like with any disability, you cannot be fired because of it. They could no more fire him for being an alcoholic than they could because he, if he couldn't lift a heavy box as a result of a herniated disc. They simply cannot do that. That's illegal. In the eyes of the law, he's done nothing wrong whatsoever. So not only can they not fire him for cause, in fact, this is a human rights violation. Firing someone because of a disability is illegal. It's discrimination. It's a human rights violation. So this company did it wrong, wrong, wrong. And, and this happens more often than you think. So a reminder here, of course, if you do have a drinking problem or, or even a drug dependency, obviously you should not under any circumstances go to work in that, uh, in that state. But you cannot be disciplined. You cannot be fired. You cannot be let go because you have a medical condition. That's a disability. That's illegal. And if you are let go or disciplined, yeah, that's that's going to be something where there's strong consequences against the company. Of course, that applies to other disabilities, other physical ailments. Uh, if you're disciplined in any way because you can't do your job as a result of that condition, no, that is illegal. You To be disciplined, you've had to have done something voluntarily wrong. If you have a disability, you're not choosing to have a disability that's why the law protects you in that situation when it comes to a drug and alcohol uh addiction like that is the not only you can't be let go or disciplined is the company uh under some sort of obligation to get you into some sort of treatment or, or help you with it they certainly have to facilitate that if at all possible now right. do they have the obligation to actually pay for treatment no but to the extent that someone needs help they may be able to direct them to the right place to to, to the right resources uh and and allow the employee or, or or help put the employee on a path towards getting better uh they cannot ignore the, the issue they cannot discipline the person they cannot say that's your problem unfortunately with any disability we're talking about accommodation and it does become the employer's problem as well I want to reach by email help at employmentlawyer.ca that is also an option as well. We'll take a short break and get right back to it. Just getting warmed up. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. As we work our way through the hour here, how to deal with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews, we will discuss that. But as always, the uh, the phone call's top priority. Tim, thanks for standing by. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. morning. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Um, I'm just trying to uh, understand if I'm getting a fair severance or not. 
I was laid off about a week or terminated with without cause about a week and a half ago. Um, so they gave me the minimum, which, you know, under EHA standards, I guess, I signed on my employment contract when I first got hired. Uh, so I came back with a letter saying this is not reasonable. It's COVID season. Like, it's going to take me six to eight months to get a job. Uh, and they came back basically quoting the employment contract. That That's all I'm entitled to. So I'm just trying to understand now, is the employment contract enforceable, uh, and what are my next steps? So let's break this down a bit, Tim. How long have you worked for this company? Uh, just over three years. So they, they've paid you three weeks, I take it? Uh, two Two plus three, so five in total, and then they They've throw off- an extra four, and they throw an extra four as a, as a, as a good face, I guess. So a total of nine. Yeah, nine. Okay. With which three are working notice, so I'm working the three of them. Okay. And uh, what kind of a job, Tim? And how old are you? I'm 44, uh, and I'm an I'm an account professional accountant. Okay. So someone in your situation actually is owed right around six months pay. Six months. Now your employment agreement. Many employ, employment agreements try to limit a person's termination entitlements. Over 90% of them, even even potentially 95% of them, are actually not enforceable. And, and the reason for that is in order to be enforceable, they have to be drafted in a very specific way. They have to say certain things in a certain sequence. And if it doesn't do that exactly, then it's not enforceable. And like I said, 90, 95% of them have a flaw or two that make them unenforceable. So obviously, I would have to see the, the agreement to tell you if yours has that, but I'm giving you 90 to 95% odds that it doesn't limit your entitlements. And in fact, the company itself may believe that it's enforceable. If it's not enforceable, we can easily neg- negotiate your proper se- severance. If you're one of those 5% where, where it is, then unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. So the best way to deal with this, Tim, is you want to reach out to me off air. You're going to send me a copy of the employment agreement, and then I'll tell you if you're one of the 5% or the 95%. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate that. It is one eight five five eight two one. the number to reach out, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's how you want to... Uh, Continue on further and right here, right now, how to deal with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. This is key stuff because a lot of people just are not sure. They just uh, let it fester, and that's definitely the wrong way to go about it, right? Well, certainly, whenever you're, you're, you're disciplined or someone, your employer tells you you did something wrong or you're put on a performance improvement plan, most people are going to feel very bad about that. They're going to take yeah. that seriously. It's going to impact you. But Beyond that, there's things you need to do to preserve your rights and, and potentially to preserve your job security. So we want to talk about how to deal with that in a way that preserves those rights, uh, how to deal with it in a way that ensures that if you are subject to improper discipline, if your employer is picking on you or if, if you've been put on a performance improvement plan that's not justified, how do you do that so that later on it doesn't come back to haunt you? Well, let's flip it over to the employer side. Uh, when should an employer take measures to deal with a problem employee? So an employer obviously does have a right to deal with these issues, to deal with disciplinary issues in the workplace. And the way I uh, uh, approach it is I say that an employer should deal with matters that contravene the employer's policies or expectations. So employers have policies, whether it's written or, or, or uh, oral, uh, and expectations of employees in terms of conduct, in terms of performance, uh, in terms of targets and milestones. 
And when an employee does something that's very different than what those expectations are, yes, an employer should and can uh, deal with that. And they can impose measures to try to correct the behavior. But what's implicit in that is that it has to be legitimate. So an employer cannot discipline someone uh, for no reason. They cannot discipline an employee that did not breach a policy. They can't do that because there's a personal conflict or because they're hoping the employee will quit. That's where it becomes potentially illegal. But if there's a legitimate reason for which the employer can discipline and they can show objectively that the employee did something wrong, then yes, at that point, an employer can and should address that uh, disciplinary or or, or by way of uh, performance improvement. Yeah, yeah. What, what other than that, I mean, what are the other corrective measures that are available to an employer? There's got to be a few, right? Sure. So first of all, from a disciplinary standpoint, obviously warnings uh, are, are probably the most common disciplinary measure, uh, you know, uh, either verbal or, or written. I generally recommend written for employers. Beyond that, of course, there's other more serious disciplinary measures, potentially suspensions. Usually, by the way, suspensions have to be with pay. For most people, without pay suspension is illegal. Uh, there's even in very extreme situations, disciplinary demotions. Those are very extreme and in very rare cases, but they could do that. And uh, on the improvement side, usually you could have a performance improvement plan where an employer uh, says, you know, you're not a bad person, right? You're not uh, doing things on purpose, but your performance is lacking. So we're going to put you on a performance improvement plan that sets targets for you and milestones and and has some checks and balances so that we can make sure that you're doing the the job correctly. So those generally are the measures that are available for employers in terms of either disciplining the employee or correcting performance. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And we always remind you, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca anytime for lots more more information. Corrective measures, uh, we're talking about that, plus a proper way. How about that for an employer to impose discipline? I mean, they're not just going to, you know, unload with both barrels right off the hop, right? It's got to be graduated or steps taken. Right. And and let's start with the idea that the punishment has to fit the crime uh, or or the crime has to be, you know, fit the punishment, whichever way you approach it, so that an employer can't really uh, overdo this. You know, if if you're late uh, for uh, a shift uh, one time and your employer suspends you, no, that's inappropriate. That's overreaching. And just by overreaching, this is important to remember, if an employer imposes a, a disciplinary measure that's way out of whack, that in itself may be a constructive dismissal. It may poison the work relationship enough that an employee may be able to treat the whole situation as a termination. So generally, the punishment has to fit the crime. And as you've said, an employer is also expected to engage in what we call progressive discipline. What that means is that you know maybe your first time you do something wrong, you get a, 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 a verbal warning. Second time, maybe you get a written warning. Then you get perhaps kind of a, another more serious warning. Eventually, yes, an employer may even be able to terminate for cause as long as they've built that case. So the more offenses or the more serious, the, the, the more a potential serious discipline has to be imposed. So that's the best way to do that, to start off, make sure that the discipline is minor, if the con- conduct is minor, and then escalate from there. If you jump straight to a very significant form of discipline when what the employee did is minor, that is wrong, and that in itself can give the employee a legal recourse. Chris, thanks for, uh, for taking the time. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Beautiful. What's uh, what's going on? Well, I just want to say thank you to your show and thank you to Lior. I've spoken to you guys a couple of times, and I had a friend uh, with, that was in a situation that worked for a, a dealership as a mechanic, 
And uh, they ended up giving him more or less uh, because of COVID, we'll say a little bit of a layoff, per se, for example. And they kept the apprentice and the uh, decided not to hire him back. So thanks to your show, thanks to your office, uh, I gave him the number. He reached out to them, and uh, he's got things on the go, so which is really good. So keep up the great work, guys. Amazing, Chris. I love hearing stories like that. Thank you very much for, for uh, you know spreading the word. People are, are not aware of their legal rights. That's why we do this show. So I, I, I'm glad that you're helping us reach people. So thank you very much for those kind comments. Well, you spread the word first, guys, so keep up the great work and uh, stay in the city, okay, because it's too cold in Barrie right now. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Just getting started, pal. Yes, yeah, and it's it's just that simple, really. I mean, it's a phone call to get it happening. It's it's really not that stressful. The onus is not on the uh, the person calling to to figure out the legal landscape. That's your job, and it's just you know when employment employment matters, it's a lot uh, simpler than than people think. George, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Very good. Thank you for taking my call. Great show. You bet. Great. Thank you. I was uh, Go ahead. my question. Oh, I'm sorry. My question is. Uh, I was laid off due to COVID back in uh, in March, and I've been trying to, uh, you know, hang in there because I really did like uh, the job. And uh, but I was new; I was only there for about a year and a half, almost. Um, well, actually, almost two years. Uh, but I, because it's been so long now, I have seeked out uh, new employment. Now, my question is, um, would I be still uh, if? If the, my job were to find out or if I were to inform them that I have accepted another position with another company, would I lose my entitlement to being called back? And if, if not, would that also be course for wrongful dismissal? So, George, my first question is, are you part of a union? No, I am not. Okay. Uh, it, was a, it was a sales position, non-union. Got it. So the, the answer to your question is, is very straightforward, and it's no. You, you don't lose your job or, or your right to be called back to work because you're working somewhere else. We all need to put food on the table. We all need to have an income. So it's quite reasonable for you to, uh, to, to, to do to what you've done. Now, the only way you would lose your recall is if you told them, I accepted another job uh, and I'm not coming back. But, but the fact that you're working while you're waiting, that's absolutely fine and, and nothing changes. But here's the more interesting thing, George. Uh, in terms of waiting, they could potentially keep you in limbo until September of 2021. That's nothing to do with the job that you found. That's just the way the, way the, the laws have been developed until September 2021. But you have another option, and that option is you can treat the employment, the one with the first company, as being terminated and get severance. And you, depending on, on your age and job, you could be owed three months, even four months of pay. If you want to do that, you can do that. So you have two options, obviously. You can continue with this new job while waiting for the first company. You may be waiting until September of next year, or you can decide to get severance right now from them. If you want to get severance right now, I'm happy to help you. But those are the options, George. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Good job. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you, sir. Uh, George, appreciate that. And reaching out, do so. Here's the number. We're going to give it throughout the show, but just in case you got a pan or you're catching us, put it in your memory, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's get to uh, Ursula before we take a short break. Hi, Ursula. Good morning. Hi, good morning. I just had a quick question um, regarding current employer that I've been with for seven years. Um, 
and they just handed out new contracts. And on this particular contract, there is now a termination clause um, that basically says, regardless of how many years you've been with us, we will pay or give no more than eight weeks notice and possibly, obviously, a payout at that point. Does that waive any severance? And is there basically, um, I guess, do you qualify for severance whether a company earns more than $2.5 million or less? Does that make a difference? So, Ursula, the, the point is this. The point is if you sign this, you'd be giving up potentially tens of thousands of dollars in future severance, okay? So, so let's use an example. Let's say you sign this and six months from now, uh, they, they let you go. Well, depending on their payroll, they may, they would have to pay you anywhere from, uh, eight to 16, either eight or 16 months pay if you sign this. But if you did not sign it, you'd probably be looking at nine months pay. Okay. Because there'll be nothing limiting your entitlement. It's a terrible idea to sign this because what you're doing is you're guaranteeing yourself a loss at some point of a lot of money, depending on your income. It could be tens of thousands. It can be even more than that. So the best advice I can give anyone in that situation is don't give away your rights. Don't sign that. You can't be disciplined for signing it. You can't be punished for signing it. And why, why, why would we ever want to give up our rights, Ursula? Uh, exactly. <laughs> and that's where I haven't signed it. But now the, the, the kind of debate that I'm having is I addressed HR saying, is this clause negotiable? And can I basically have a contract amended with, without this clause, and they said, no, this is the way the contract is. On the contract, there's obviously also an offer in a slight salary increase. So basically, by not signing, I'm now declining even the, the salary, potential salary increase by saying, no, I'm not signing this contract. I'm going forward as is. And they've also implemented, so we basically don't have a pension plan and receive an RSP. And now what they've in, implicated in the contract is, now you will be required to pay into hoop. As a Ursula, here, here's what I want to do. I want you to stay on the line if you don't mind, because I want to talk more about this with yeah. you. We need to take a short break, but please stay on the line. We'll be back to you in a couple minutes. I want to talk more. Ursula, stand by, and for you as well as we go to break, still time for you to call and get some answers. Just that simple at help at employmentlawyer.ca and always pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website as well. We'll return. Stick around. Employment Law Show continues. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is. Welcome back to the show, Yeah, Thanks for hanging on, Ursula. No problem. So, Ursula, here's kind of how things are. So, Ursula, for those joining us, was in a situation where... She was uh, told by her employer she needs to sign a new employment agreement uh, that limits her future severance, and, and Ursula is struggling with understanding or, or uh, deciding whether she should sign it. So obviously they're offering you certain things in return for signing, uh, you know, including a, a, a pay raise, etc. At the end of the day, what you have to decide is what is better for you from a financial standpoint, you know, the, the, the offer of uh, increased pay or potentially losing severance. Listen, if they told you, we're increasing your pay, and I'm going to be ridiculous, by $100,000. Well, I may say, you know what, that's worth losing future severance over because that's a lot of money. It's probably not that. It's probably fairly nominal. So the severance you will definitely lose at some point is going to be more. Now, you also mentioned changes to, to uh, pension. Uh, to the extent that they're making significant changes, that in itself could be a constructive dismissal. 
But with respect to your employment agreement, here's what I propose ultimately. Because uh, I, as I told you a, a previous caller, many times these, um, the, these termination terms are actually not drafted properly and therefore they're not enforceable. So what I'd like for you to do, Ursula, is I'd like for you to send me a copy of that agreement. You can email it if you want, whatever works for you. We'll give you that email address in a second. Once I have it, I can tell you in 30 seconds flat whether or not it does limit your entitlements. If it doesn't, if it's badly drafted, then you know what? I'm not crazy about this, but if you sign it, ultimately it's not going to limit your entitlements. Uh, if it does uh, properly uh, limit, and limit them, if it's drafted properly, You'll have to make a decision, but what I can tell you is, if you you tell your employer, employer, thank you very much, uh, I'm not signing this agreement, I don't want to give up my severance rights, they can't do anything to you. And you wanna, you've very much want to avoid a situation that just by signing this, fast forward a week, a month, a year, now they have to let you go, and you, you lose months and months of pay. That's definitely something you want to avoid. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, okay. Definitely. So I'll email you my the the clause then, and if if you can provide some assistance, that would be great. You got it. I'll take care of it. I'm uh, looking forward to receiving that from you. Ursula, smart uh, smart move making that call this morning right there. It's uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the email. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for a further conversation. Want to continue on? That's no problem. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred here and now. As you know, love the callers, love giving out the information. In the meantime, how to deal with uh, criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews? Now, uh, from the employee's uh, standpoint, if they agree that there is a legitimate reason for the corrective measures, what should the employee do? Just go along with whatever's said. So uh, if you've been disciplined or putting up a performance improvement plan and you feel it's legitimate that, that it, there's a good reason for it, either you did something wrong or your performance was lacking, then and, and as long as the discipline that's imposed is not over the top, then yes, there's not a lot that you need to do. Obviously, you'll, you'll continue working and you'll do your best to avoid the situation happening again. The other thing I probably would like for you to do is short, send a short email just simply saying, got it, uh, w- I understand, and, and I'm going to work hard to improve. The reason you want to do that is that later on, if there's other issues, you, you always want to be able to show that you were cooperating, you were, you were not uh, avoiding addressing a, a real problem. So that's why you want to, uh, to, to, to send that message. But beyond that, if it's legitimate, if you're, you agree that the company had proper reason to discipline you, then that's fine. Then you don't need to do anything major. Obviously, work hard to, to improve so that it doesn't happen again. Okay, follow-up question, the obvious one. What if the employee does not agree with the discipline? And what do they do then? That's where the, the, the key issues arise. Right. And in many cases, an employee may disagree. They may feel that uh, they didn't really do anything wrong or maybe the company didn't have all the right information. Maybe they're, they're not being fair or reasonable. And that happens very often. I literally see that daily. So if that's your situation, you have to say something about it. You cannot be silent. Being silent is exactly the same as saying, I agree. Being silent is the same as saying, I accept. And why, why, why would you ever agree and accept something that's not legitimate? Later on, it can come back to hurt you. So what do you do instead? You send an email. Uh, Detailed email is fine, outlining why what the company said you did is not right or, or what they're missing or what the real facts are. Now, very professional email. You're not accusing anyone of anything. You're not uh, threatening or calling people names. Never do that. 
but professional email saying, here's what you need to know. Here's why I don't agree. Here's that. That's why uh, the facts are not correct. If you do that later on, the company is going to be, is going to have a very difficult time to rely on that discipline in trying to punish you again, because you made it clear you're not accepting it. So that's a key here in, in terms of dealing with unfair, unreasonable, incorrect discipline. Say something in writing right away. I wouldn't wait six months to do that. Send that professional email uh, and preserve your rights doing that. I think we got time to take a quick call before the break. Marcello, hello, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's up? My question is uh, to do with my wife. She's been employed uh, for six and a half years at a dental practice, and it has recently been sold. And she's been told verbally that uh, she doesn't lose any benefits and so on and so forth, seniority and whatnot. Um, so my question is, is she entitled to severance? So I take it then, Marcello, that she's continuing to work with the buyer. She's continued to work for the new um, company that now owns the practice. Okay. So because she's continued uh, to work in, during this the sale of the practice, her employment is deemed to be continuous. She, she's not deemed in this situation to have lost her job. So because of that, she is not owed severance. But what's the key to remember here is this, that let's say that a year, two years, five years, whatever it is, down the road, uh, she's let go, the severance that she gets at that point will account for the time that she had with the first clinic, with the first doctor. So she's not losing anything really, but if she's continuing to work because the law says, okay, employment is continuous, no severance has to be paid at this point. I see. Great. Thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. No problem. You Brent Marcello, appreciate that call. I think we uh, we got to take a quick one here. We'll get to that and continue with uh, with much more in our chat. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, you still got some time to make that phone call. We'd love to talk to you, answer some questions if uh, you want to do it that way. Email is, uh, is good as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And anytime, the website for you built around employment law just for you, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Is the one we're talking about. It's anonymous, it's free, and it's uh, full of information as well. So check it out, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's also a contact button up there as well. We often talk about uh, no matter what, uh, not only in employment, in your job, but in life, document everything. Do so. We have no problem doing it on Instagram. We should be doing it with uh, pen and paper and email and notes as well. Why is it so important to document everything? Well, you know, whenever we're talking about discipline, uh, performance reviews, oftentimes, those measures are a step a company may use to let someone go for cause. And remember, termination for cause is a situation where the person is let go because they did something so bad that they don't have to get paid any severance. It's very difficult to terminate someone for cause, uh, but it doesn't stop companies for try from trying. Well, oftentimes when it comes to a termination for cause, it can become a bit of a he said, she said. Uh, you did this, you did those things, and we told you, and you didn't do it again, and we did. So I don't like that. I don't like to, to fight battles of he said, she said. I'd much rather there be records of what was said, who said it, uh, and what actually happened. 
And that makes it so much easier to preserve your rights. It makes it so much better if the company tries to let you go and you can show, here's what happened. I told you, I responded to you. I wasn't ignoring you, uh, et cetera. So keep records. So if someone says something to you or there's an important meeting that takes place, write it down somewhere or even send an email to someone confirming the meeting, confirming what was said. Create that written record. By doing that, you're going to make it very difficult for someone to deny what happened. You're going to make it very difficult for someone to put words in your mouth or, or to try to distort the facts. So you're preserving your rights by doing that. Yeah, it's, it's one thing to remember what happened. Many of us have very good memories. It's a completely different thing to actually have a way to show what happened, to be able to document it. It's so, so important. Uh, documenting is your friend. Back in the day when there was no email, it would be very difficult to do. Now, a, a quick email, text message, done, over, and you preserve your rights. Now, if a person doesn't do anything, even though they disagree with uh, you know anything they did wrong, what can happen? Because, you know, this could go on for months and years, and it's in their head that they disagree, but they don't document it. Yeah, and, and as I said, if you don't respond uh, with your disagreement, if you don't document, if you don't say what the company got wrong, you may as well have just responded saying, yeah, I agree, you're right, I'm wrong. And if that's not the case, if you don't think that the company is right, if you don't think that you're wrong, you have to do something about it. And what happens if you don't? Well, let's fast forward later on. Maybe something else happens and the company then says, well, remember back in October, uh, we warned you, uh, you accepted that. Now something else happened. So there's a second warning now. So we think together maybe we can let you go for cause. Mm -hmm. Well, if you had responded to the first one, it may have been a lot more difficult uh, to, to terminate you for cause because they can't say you accepted it. That there's some ambiguity as to whether that was even legitimate. So that's what I mean. Don't make it easier for the company to either discipline you again or, or you know, God forbid, let you go for cause. And the way you do that, and it's about job security, preserving your rights, preserving your job, is responding, not just taking things, laying down if it's not legitimate. Again, I'm not suggesting you do that in every case. Sometimes you've done something wrong. We all make mistakes, and that's okay. If you've made a mistake and you've been disciplined for it, no problem. You move on, you do better, and that's fine. But if you didn't, if it's not legitimate, you have to say so. Again, I want to be very clear. I am never, ever saying that you should tell your employer by email uh, that they're completely crazy and they're uh, bullying you and that you're going to sue them. No, no, no. That never works. That could backfire. Professional. Uh, you want to say, you know, here's my concerns. Here's why, what I understand happened on these dates, on those dates, uh, and I want you to, to revisit this and reconsider it. That's how you approach it. If you do that, it's going to be that much harder, that much harder to let you go for cause. What if the stress level starts to mount and somebody either legitimately needs to go on a medical leave or maybe they're thinking they'll use that as a, as a quick backdoor exit? What do you say about the medical leave? Well, obviously, if you need to go on a medical leave because your doctor feels that that's the right uh, right thing for you health-wise, then that's fine. Go on a medical leave. Uh, you know, you always should take your doctor's advice. And sometimes it's a physical ailment. ailment uh, sorry. Sometimes it could be a mental health issue, and that's okay. If your doctor says you need to go off, go off. What I don't like is situations where it's clear the employee is doing that to try to avoid potential discipline. Well, I think they're going to let me go next week, so I know what to do. I'll go on a medical leave. Right. Well, that's not going to solve the problem. They're not going to decide. If they're going to let you go anyway, they're not going to decide not to 
just because you're on a medical leave. And in fact, that could actually help the company by showing that you're, you're, you know, you're not someone that maybe is reliable, etc. So the best approach is if you're going to be let go, well, we have to deal with it. Uh, we can't stop that. You can't prevent it. The only thing we could do is to make sure that you get everything that you wrote. And if you've done your homework and documented things and responded, that's not even going to be difficult. So yes, certainly go on a medical leave if you need to for medical reasons. Don't use that as a strategic move. It simply doesn't work. When's it important? To, at what stage is it important to call you? Well, anytime you feel the company is building a case against you illegitimately. Uh, if you think that the company is, is picking on you, uh, not for good reason, but because maybe they're trying to push you out or maybe they're trying to make you quit, if that's the feeling there, then yes, definitely reach out to me so we can have a plan in place as to how to respond and preserve your rights. Don't quit, okay? If you quit, then you lose your compensation. Uh, and of course, if you are let go for cause at the end of a, of a process and the company says, we've warned you, we've done these things, now we're letting you go for cause, you have to call me. It's extremely difficult to terminate someone for cause, even if the employee did something wrong. Absolutely, very, very difficult. So for that, you call right away. Anytime those, those problems arise, you want to reach out, let's talk, and let's make sure that we solve those issues. Got to thank you for all your calls and correspondence this morning. You want to reach out now, do so. Uh, don't hesitate. Just mark it down that you're going to make that phone call and to reach out anytime, one 821 5900 That'll put you in touch with Lior, a member of his... Uh, his awesome team, the email route works as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We keep mentioning it because it's, it's an awesome website. It's absolutely free. It's anonymous, and you'll find as well the severance pay calculator wrapped up into it. That is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can cruise around, get the information. There's even a section on disability law. And if you choose to, you can uh, reach out and contact from there on the top right of the website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll pick it up again during the week. Thanks for uh, tuning in and calling in. We'll catch you next time, Employment Law Show. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.